Welcome to a super special episode of Three Men in a War Game. I'm Paul, and I'm not the Three-Eyed Raven. And uh, I am Chops, uh, also known as Kevin, and I am, uh, shit, also not the Three-Eyed Raven. I got nothing, my man. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, that was a tough one to think of anyway. Yeah, you just, like, came in came in on me. I should have been knowing we were going to do a Game of Thrones intro, or I should say A Song yeah. of Ice and Fire. Um, yeah. So, dear listeners, you may have noticed this came into your feed at a weird time. This is not a regularly scheduled episode, uh, and this episode will be full of spoilers. Um, the episode is long and full of spoilers, I guess is the... Yes! <laughs> <laughs> that makes up for it completely. <laughs> uh, I should say it's really, it's really in the episodes short and, and full of spoilers because we can't go too long. But the uh, we're going to be doing a Game of Thrones season eight uh, retrospective since we have the whole season under our belts now. Talk about what uh, yeah. what we thought about the season in general um, and uh, do do a little bit of talking. Both of us wanted to talk on the record uh, and and you know seal our opinions in the foreverness of the internet to be made fun That's of right. because we're probably both <laughs> in the minority of opinion. Um, probably, <laughs> at least the vocal minority. Well, like the the obvious minority. I don't know. Anyway, um, let's start off though, Paul. Before we get into that, and and talk a little bit about what Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire in general mean to us personally. When did you when did you come to the series? What kind of impact has it made on your life? Has it made on your uh, you know, in general? Just just give me the breakdown. Well, one of one of one of the things with it for me is I've not been into it as long as you have. And you brought me around on the series. Um, so so to me, uh, Game of Thrones is kind of like the culmination of the early part of our friendship, if that makes yep. sense. Yeah, I'm sure um, I told you about it while we were playing World of Warcraft way, way, way back in the day. Did. And uh, at that point, we were still waiting on, on Dance with Dragons. And I always remembered you telling me about some book series that the next book had to do with dragons. And I was always super excited about that and just never got around to it. And I was reading something else at the time. And you're like, dude, just stop reading that fucking read A Song of Ice and Fire. You won't regret it. And it's probably... Just before the show started, or just as the show was starting, that I finally got around to it. And I mean, it's, I hadn't been reading a whole lot at that point in my life, and I just jumped into that first book and it, it absorbed me. Yeah, man. You know, it was like just, just reading and reading, and, and, you know, it, it, it had so many twists and turns right in the first book, and I got through with the first one. And I, and I remember texting you at the time, and, and I said, I just realized that entire book was essentially the prologue of the story. Um, and that's kind of how I've always looked at that since. But I mean, even just overall, so it, the books themselves are kind of the, the, like I said, the culmination of the early parts of our friendship, uh, other than World of Warcraft. Um, and But even coming around and watching the show with my wife and talking about the show with my wife and, and even friends and, um, I mean, even my dad, watch it religiously and was commenting on my Facebook last night as, as he was getting ready for it. So, I mean, it's just everybody I know in some way, shape or form is involved in it. You know, it was weird. Like, uh, it going from this obscure book that I would always shove in any person's face that would listen to me, you know, like through my, my entire, like the beginning of my adult life, people like 
you know, well, what books have you wrote fantasy books? Do you like, and be like, these ones people are like, really? What, what, what are those like to it becoming like the biggest cultural phenomenon of my generation? It's been a, it's been a weird wild ride for me. <laughs> um, yeah. See, and I, and I got right in, I got into it like right in that switch over. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been, it's been wild um, and cool to, to have that happen. Uh, also, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the reason that, you know, I got, I bought so heavily into the Song of Ice and Fire miniature game, even not, you know, not even knowing how many people would play it or, uh, even if I would want to paint that many miniatures, just cause it, the, you know, there's not that much out there, uh, for a person like me in terms of like the things I, I would want to buy in pop culture, right? I'm not a person that buys a lot of tchotchkes, um, and like weird memorabilia. So it was really cool to have a, a miniatures game come out. And that's why, you know, we had that episode and I was so excited about it. And it's just cause the franchise on a whole means a lot to me. I read the first book in high school um, and I've read them upon release and uh, starting with um, a feast for crows and, and, uh, and then following with the dance and dragons, I actually read all of the books in sequence up to the newest release and then including that book. I don't think I'll do that for Winds of Winter if and when it ever comes out, but that was what I did for books four and five. And, you know, just as a, an idea of how much I, I enjoy the series, you know, I've got multiple reads of uh, all the books except for A Dance with Dragons. Um, and obviously I've, I've watched the TV show. I've, I've watched, you know, at least the first four seasons more than once. Um, yeah, so it was a, it was a big moment. Uh, we're recording the day after the finale for anybody who's listening. This is the, that's right. That's, that's good to important. Note. Yep. This is the Monday after the season eight finale. So let's get into it. Let's just talk, talk about season eight, right? So that, cause that's the thing that's going to be on people's minds and, and we'll end up with a brief discussion on, on the ending. But I think to get to the ending, we have to talk about the season on the whole. Right. Um, so season eight of game of Thrones started with an episode called Winterfell. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we don't have to talk a lot about the episode Winterfell because most of it was just heartfelt reunions. Right. Um, um, for me, it was it even even the night it aired, I was like, OK, why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I know I know so many people have so many emotions about how this how this season went. And I mean, I went into it after watching that episode and I was just like, oh, God. Is the whole thing the the first night with only six episodes? Did it really have to be fifty six minutes of like exposition that could have happened in between seasons, and we didn't necessarily need to see? Yeah, it was just exposition, and then a totally rad person pinned to a wall with arms all around them. Right, like there was that one last scene that was like, yeah. "Holy uh, yeah. shit!" And that was like, that was the big moment. And, and I think, I think the other, the other big thing was, was Jamie getting to Winterfell and seeing Bran for the first time since he pushed him out a window. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And I I still remember that, that line, uh, where somebody came out, I don't remember who it was that came out and asked Bran, what are you doing out here? And he said, waiting for an old friend. And that was like halfway through the episode. And then at the end of the episode, you realize it was Jamie that he was waiting for. Oh, dude, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Halfway through the episode, someone comes up to him and is like, what are you doing out here, Brian? He's like, oh, just waiting for an old friend. And then at the end of the episode, that last thing you have is Jamie walking Jamie shows up. up. Yeah. Man. But, but you know, when I gave that episode, I, I watched 
I think I watched just about every episode in this season twice. Yeah, me too. Yep. When I when I gave that one a second watch, it was amazing to me um, how much they intended it to mirror the very first episode. So that softened me a little bit on my extreme dislike of that one because I I thought it was actually kind of neat seeing um, those those mirror images. It reminded me very much of what they do and what George Lucas was trying to do in Star Wars yeah. in some ways. Yeah. Um, you know, even with the Umber Kid climbing climbing the tower where Bran fell from, and you know Arya running through the crowd looking at everybody just like she did in in season one, although she was a little less uh, enthusiastic and a little more uh, you know assassin Arya. Yep. Um, you know, so I I thought that was really cool. I I did think that was neat, but again, story wise, it was a very meh episode, and and I was. I was fair. It's funny. I was fairly vocal about my dislike of that one, and and took a lot of shit for not liking it on on Facebook and stuff like <laughs> that, which is now hilarious. Yeah, in retrospect, after not liking week one, that's pretty funny, right? Because the how it <laughs> how it devolved over the season. Yeah, because everybody everybody else was like, "Oh man, all these reunions," and I'm sitting there going, "So we have five ep- five episodes left, and nothing's happened." Yep. Yep. All right. So. All right. Then we get into A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, which I think uh, that is the best part of that episode, right? So they, I, I think the best way to describe A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms is the episode where everybody prepared to die, right? Yeah, like, that's exactly what that episode is. Um, it was another episode, not as much exposition. Um, there was obvi- there's definitely some, there's not much you can do, you know, in an hour with no action but exposition. Um, but you know, there was right. some still solid character development. It was really cool in that episode. I think the marquee moment in that episode was Jamie, uh, um, knighting Brienne. Yeah, that was, that was my favorite part of that. I mean, that, I, I enjoyed that episode a whole lot. I liked everybody, uh, and their, and what was potentially their last minutes, um, yeah, Arya the on Earth with each other, and thing. yeah, and just and just and just the, so for some of them that that final character development, but that that smile on Gwendolyn Christie's face when she stood up when everybody was clapping for her, um, I th- I think that's honestly one of my favorite moments in the entire series. Yeah, and I think that links to one of my favorite moments in the last episode, but we'll we'll get to that later. Um. But yeah, that was that was really cool. I I actually I think that uh, this is actually my favorite episode of the season. Um, if I had to pick a favorite among the six of them, I think A Night of the Seven Kingdoms is actually my favorite of them. Um, I don't know uh, that spoiler alert. That one's my favorite. I don't. There's there's. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it was it was just a good episode. Lots of cool moments. Um, yep. It was cool. Um, seeing like Jorah trying to tell Deanna not to fight. That was kind of funny. Dude, that was amazing. Yep. <laughs> and she's like, um, yeah, old man, go home. Um, yeah. And then that, I think, I don't, I don't know. I think that was it. I think that's, that, that covers most of the, most of that episode. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, but that was, that was a great episode. I, I really wish it would have taken the six minutes that were good from episode one tacked it onto this one and we could have just had an hour and 20 minutes of awesome yeah agreed agreed all right so now we get into the first contentious episode of the season this is when this is when i think public opinion turned against game of thrones season eight uh (laughs) (laughs) uh, and that is episode three the long night um 
so the first thing I want to get out of the way is that uh, there is a, there are a lot of plot holes and there's a lot of stupid shit in this episode. Um, and But despite all of the stupid shit in this episode, I think it was expertly directed. I think people who said it was too dark can fuck off. And also, in terms those, of like... Those people right off the bat, I'll tell you right now, they need to learn how to fucking get their TV out of the box and adjust <laughs> the settings. Yeah, for real. Also... <laughs> Uh, also like my, my wife was like, I was the first, she, she was out, she was traveling. She was at Disney, uh, when this episode aired, she watched it in the bathtub on her iPhone by candlelight and didn't have a problem with the lighting. So I don't, I don't know what See, to say to we, people who said it was too dark. We, we watched it. We watched it with our house lights out as well. And it had no problems. Yeah. Uh, but uh, again, I also, you know, spent a very long time Googling the right settings for my TV long before this episode aired. Right. Right, because you knew it was going to be dark. It was a battle at night. It was going to be dark. Also, again, well, I mean, I just, I, I, again, just taking my TV out of the box and wanting it to look good. <laughs> <laughs> I I adjusted the settings back in '09 when I bought it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, I, again, I had no problem. Darkness was not a problem I had with this episode. I'll say that. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, among no. my many issues, that the, the, the many things that I take umbrage with. In, in this episode, that was not one of them. Um, and another thing that was not one of them was it being entertaining. Uh, for for a for a a slice of pop culture and ninety minutes of unadulterated heart pounding action, uh, I think is one of those things where if you just turn your brain off and watch it, it was highly entertaining. Um, it was only upon reflection that st- – well, that's not true. There were some parts where I was like, come the fuck on as I was watching it. But even then, uh, it was still very entertaining. Uh, and, and just, you know, we can, we can start breaking it down too. Like the, the, first, the first major part, right, is the Dothraki uh, riding across the plane. Um, now, that was one of the most effective shots. You can say whatever you want about battlefield effectiveness, using your cavalry as a front-end charge into an enemy that you can't see, and all of the mistakes and stupid <laughs> shit that were going on in that scene. God, I fucking hate parts of this episode. Uh, but despite... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's one of those things where... where that, that When we did Endgame, when we talked about things you would change as a war gamer, this is specifically what oh, I was thinking yeah, about. Yeah, this episode. Man. Because were... anybody who's ever played Warhammer Fantasy looked at that and went, what, what the, the hell are you yeah, doing? The... Hammer and Anvil. Hammer and <laughs> Anvil. Let them hit the Unsullied and then have the Dothraki hit them from the side. Yeah, it was, it was pr- pretty dumb. Uh, but despite being really dumb, uh, it, it, it in service of camera and action, it, it was, was great, beautiful. Right? Like you got this yeah. amazing shot of them whooping across. You had uh, uh, the, you had Melisandre show up and light their rocks on fire, right? Like all of the like cool, effective stuff, like the things that would have set them off. Um, that was rad. Uh, and then I, yep. in the service of the storytelling, like they needed, they needed to establish that shit was going to go bad right away and that they weren't going to stick to the plan and the Dothraki getting murked <laughs> as soon as they walked <laughs> into the line, I think was the thing that that was what pulled Danny right out. Right. Like she got tilted immediately. Right, right. 
as soon as she saw that Dothraki line just evaporate into screams, it was uh, that was when she got tilted and, and she took off on Drogon, right? Um, right, which and, which the whole the whole plan was to sit and wait for the night. Yep. Yeah, so that sets off all of the dumb shit. Was that that first thing? <clears throat> so going from there, the next stupid ass thing in this episode. I'm not going to just hate on this, by the way. There are cool parts. But the other the other thing that I, I hated was that, what? why, Paul, what, why was the cavalry in front of the main defensive line? Why were the trebuchets in front of the Unsullied? <laughs> I forgot about that. They fired them once. One time. One time. <laughs> oh, so dumb. So fucking dumb. Anyway, um... It, but it was cool. It was cool that. watching one flaming rock fly. Uh, right. Anyway, so the, <laughs> it, we probably don't want to spend a bunch of time on every episode. Uh, the cool parts in this episode: uh, Leanna Mormont's death, fucking awesome, man. Yeah, that it, was amazing. When, she needed that. Yeah, and, and earned it. When that dragon came through and it was like crushing her little body, I was like, no. And then she just like she's like looks at it and she's like. Fuck you and stabs it in the eye. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like I stood up and cheered. Yeah. It was so awesome. Um, oh, it was great. It was it was a great moment. And and I mean the the cool thing about her is that she is is pure creation of the show. Yeah, there, she had one line, right? like, one line in the book, right? It was like I only it, the the one line in the book is something like, uh, you know, I I only know one king and it's the king in the north or whatever. Uh, when she's you know that, that, that's it, right? That's the only that's the only part she has in the books. Um, right, but they took because they had a great little actress on their hands, and they're like, we need her in this all the time. Yep, yeah, and that's that's just that's just fantastic. I mean, she's essentially the Boba Fett of Game of Thrones, right? Or or the the Norman Reedus, whatever his character in Walking Dead is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, <sighs> well, that fantastic. reveals audience. I don't watch that show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I just know Norman Reedus plays the character that people like. That's not in the comics. Um, yep. Anyway, the uh, but yeah, she's definitely that character, right? Fan favorite, even for me, a person who's like a uh, a book guy first. I love her character, and I was really happy with. She had a very fin- fitting heroic end. I thought it was awesome. Yep, it was great. If she was going to die, that was the best way for it to happen. Um, yep. Also, yep. also especially, awesome. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I was going to say, especially after, you know, just being so badass to Jorah at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, for sure. Yep, definitely. Um, and then we had Metal Gear Arya, which was pretty cool, too. Yeah, that was that was great. I, I did enjoy her doing the... Uh, the Jurassic Park thing. Yeah, I guess Jurassic um, Park Arya is better. But yeah, Arya being like <laughs> sneaky through Winterfell yep. um, was, yep, was I, pretty cool. I kept thinking Jurassic Park. I, I was waiting for her to go into a, a, ca- a, cab- a shiny cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. That's uh, that is that is for realsy reals. That that is what happened. But but that that brings us to an important important moment, Kevin, and that's and that's tying all of the Lord of Light storyline together. And I think that's one of the most important things from this episode is that the whole time, the whole series, you have Melisandre and, and uh, Dondarrion and, and uh, Thoros of Mir. Is that right? Or am I getting my books? I, I, I think that, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. so you have all them and, and even uh, the hound seeing things in the fire and, and all that stuff going back to, Gendry and and uh, whatnot, um, 
But to kind of see that that tie up the fact that the Lord of Light's main goal and why he's manipulating or at least trying to take advantage of things in Westeros is to defeat the Night King. Yes. I mean, it's, that, that the, right, Lord, like, I mean the Lord of Light's enemy, right? The, the Lord of Light is, is a, about life above all else, right? Life at any cost. And the the you know life's greatest enemy is death right so the night king is is the yep. lord of light's natural enemy and the moment you're talking about right is the and what do we say to the god of death uh not, not today. today yeah right. i mean and so it, amazing right and, there, and, and there's lots of things about that like uh you know th- there's no way that melisandre would have known that arya would respond to that phrase <laughs> like you, you know right. like without having the knowledge of the lord of light and everything and, and and having seen visions and also you know we know and trust in the fact that every vision that melisandre had even if the details didn't quite work out the way they expected worked out right so that was all right. part of the plan and th- and that leads back to that first line when you know when she first got there and jora was like you know you know about to or uh not was it? No, it wasn't Jorah. It was um, the Onion no, it was Man. Dav- Davos. Davos was like about to kill her, right? She was like, "You don't need to kill me, Sir Davos. I'll be dead. If this works out, I'll be dead by dawn, either way, right? And uh, or one way or another, or whatever, right? And and it's uh, basically that that leads into this whole thing because what Melisandre told Arya uh, inspired Anya, Arya to go hunt the Night King. Like she realized it was the thing that she could do. Yep, yep, and especially after. Uh... You know, maybe a little ham-fistedly talking to Gendry and, and him saying, this thing is basically pure death. Yep. Right. You know, hit, hitting on that a little hard, right? Yep. And and the other, the other thing, uh, I guess, maybe that we need to talk about from this episode and the episode before is that they really started pushing on the fact that Danny would not make a good ruler. Yes. Yes. Is this... um, especially especially when Sam found out that she burned the shit out of his dad and brother. Yes, as much as he didn't like his dad and brother, and he asked John the important question: "Is would you have done that?" Right. So that's a that's another important thing I think coming out of that episode. The, that episode series is Danny's Danny's doing these things, and for a long time. Well, we'll get into. Yeah, that. never mind. Yep. I don't want to get into. No, that but yeah, right but may, maybe she was uh, maybe maybe always uh, as ruthless. Yeah, as uh, as we find later. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that, and you know we don't have to go too much further uh, into this episode. Theon dies a hero's death. Uh, his redemption arc fully uh, fully given. And then uh, one of again th- a thing that I really hated about this episode was the amount of plot armor on display, like seeing <laughs> Jamie and Brienne and Sam fighting back against the wall after we watched the Dothraki just get fucking murked, like totally destroyed in no time at all. And these yep. three assholes are fighting with their backs against the wall and live. Um, meanwhile, you know, John is fighting undead Viserion. That's pretty cool. Um, yep. and, and like, you know, the, everything was good, but the end of the thing, you night Kings walking up on Bron or on Bran, looks real bad and then Arya jumps out of the shadows and uh does a little tricksy dixie because she cat he catches the knife arm she drops the knife and then catches the knife and stabs him in the sternum uh in the same place that created him essentially stabs him with dragon glass he breaks he falls into ice and then basically everything in his army disintegrates no, it was it wasn't Dragon Glass. It was the Valyrian steel. Oh, Valyrian steel. It was the steel, dagger right. that tried to kill Bran back in season that's one. That's right. That's right. 
Um, because it was the dragon glass that made that him. Made so him. the the Valerian steel, steel unmade, unmade him. him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now that thing. Now that. Mm, man, I have a lot to say about this. Uh, in, in, in retrospect, none, none of the, none of the things I wanted to have happen matter, right? Because at, at the end of the day, I think that even if not all of the dots in this season were connected the way that George R. R. Martin would connect them, I think the dots are the dots, if you know what I'm saying. Like, the major yep. plot points, like, even if they didn't know... Even if they didn't know who was going to kill the Night King, they had the specific plot detail that the Night King would die, right? So they made the right. choice to have it Arya because, you know, she's like a show favorite. So they made they made that choice. Um, and the Night King was supposed to die. But it felt like there was it was very anticlimactic to me, uh, this particular moment, because you have all this backup, all this buildup. It's like one of the major story arcs throughout the entire series, a story arc that I've been waiting for the resolution for my entire adult life. Uh, and it was wrapped up in 90 minutes and it just didn't feel that the threat of the Night King just didn't feel strong enough based on the way that he went out. Um, but that's a personal complaint. Uh, and I think that it's, you know, it, it it's fine. Uh, the way they did it, the way they handled it, they had, you know, they, they had to get onto their Star Wars project. They had to wrap this thing up in six episodes. Um, so, they, you know, they didn't take their time. And that's fine. It, it is what it is. And the Night King would have died anyway, right? They would have defeated him. Because uh, right. the, the, the main, you know, a song of ice and fire was to represent the Night King and Danny, right? That's the ice and the fire that are the threats outside of the regular po- politicking in retrospect. Right. Um, and they, they had to kill the ice part. So the ice part went down. I don't know if you have anything there to add it, what, how you felt about this. No, episode. I mean, I, I think you're right. It did, it did, it did feel quick. Uh, you know, but it's, it's one of those things of when you build something up like that, how, how do, do you finish you... it without it feeling quick? Right. Um, you can't, it's like, it's like, how could, how could Phantom Menace have come back after 19 years and been a good movie? There's just no way it could have lived up to expectations. So, so you, what you do is you just, in that case, you just make it as bad as possible. And, and then it, people like me enjoy it anyway, because we love Star Wars. Right. right. All right. So that's, uh, that's the long night. Yeah. Um, and then we get into our last uh, fluff episode, and that's the last of the Starks. Yeah. Yeah. That episode, I was afraid after the first episode uh, that this episode was going to just be them being like, oh, look, we didn't die. Right, but then a and lot of shit there was shit a happens. bit of that. Yeah. But, there, yeah, there was, there was a bit of that in the beginning, which was needed, and it was handled well. I mean, you got to see them all kind of being like, holy shit, we survived. And, and you also got to see the beginning uh, of Danny's real collapse into feeling alone. Yes. And becoming an, ext- an unhinged uh, ruler, right? Because she was feeling isolated. They had a, that deliberate scene where everybody is essentially praising John for getting out there and riding the dragon, even though, you know, Daenerys has been doing it since they were born, basically. Um, right. Yep. And, and everybody just kind of tolerates her because she's hanging out with John. Exactly. And they don't love her or whatever. So you, they, they give right. you your first hints of that, uh, that, you know, disdain from her in this episode. Yeah, um, the, the, I want what's mine. And even just before the battle of Winterfell, you know, when she, she learned that John was, um, her nephew, uh, awkward. Uh, <laughs> um, 
you know, and, and her first response was not, oh, I slept with my nephew. It was, oh, you're the rightful heir to the Iron Throne. You can't tell anybody. That's not okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we forgot to mention so that. That, was... that little mention happened. Um, but yeah, it comes out, you know, right? Daenerys wants to conceal that parentage. John's basically like, I don't want to conceal it. Somehow Bronn right. I got to tell my, my, my siblings, yeah. Yeah, right. Now some... and, then, and then, so so then he tells, he tells Arya and Sansa, Sansa... Sansa uh, tells Tyrion. Not, yeah, who's not been really big on... on the, Danny anyway, because there was that scene with them sitting and talking, and and you thought it was going to go well for a while, and then it didn't. Um, and then Sansa very strategically told Tyrion. Yep, because Tyrion because she you knew know, Tyrion with, would tell Varys. Right. Who then was like, oh, okay, because I guess he was already picking up on the fact that she wasn't. What she he might. Thought. She might be a little bit more like her dad than we anticipated. Yeah, yeah, which. Is uh, a bad thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, bad thing. So other things that happened in this episode. Um, yeah, S- Sansa tells Tyrion, right? Um, Arya leaves to join the Hound, and they're they're heading south. Right. Uh, they both decide that wherever they're going, they're not coming back. John somehow doesn't pat his dog goodbye. Bastard. Made me so mad. <laughs> me too, man. How do you, how do you have a, a dire wolf? That like loves you, man, and is injured in battle for you, and then you just walk away without even getting, giving him a boop. Come on, John. Dude, I I can't even go to work every day without like stepping halfway out the door and then going back inside to say goodbye to every single one of my dogs. Yeah, I know it's terrible. It's unforgivable. Oh, Tormund, just take him north. It's better for him <laughs> up there. I still, I, I, there was like a meme that came out that was like, uh, it was like Calvin and Hobbes, but it was Tormund and Ghost. And I still want that spinoff show. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So, it, you know, the other thing, uh, and so we're going to get into, we're gonna, a lot of this episode I was fine with, right? Um, but we're going to get into the thing that just makes me rage. <laughs> so And I'm just thinking hard. of that YouTube video that you sent me. <laughs> <laughs> with the ballista, the scorpion firing a thousand times. <laughs> uh, we got to link that video on the Twitter after this. Um, oh my it's God. the best supercut of that thing oh, firing ever. Anyway, so somehow they're they're riding to Dragonstone, and somehow, some way, Euron Greyjoy fires a scorpion what looks like five nautical miles with no ranging fire, and fucking bullseyes. John, or, or not, John's not on the back at this point, right? Because John's riding. Yeah. Yeah. But just. John was, yeah, John wasn't there. Bullseyes, Regal, man. Like, just, just. <laughs> yeah, I don't care if he's injured. It was fucking so far away. There was, it was the first shot, right? There was no ranging fire. Now, this is, this is what pisses me off. Anybody that knows anything about medieval artillery, that shot was fucking impossible. Much less that did it again three times, and then and the three times without missing while this dragon is hurt and falling, just bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it was it, it, besides being absolute bullshit, it was incredible to watch. Right, like as it was happening, like the yeah. the, the bolt yeah. that came through Regal's neck, uh, my heart sank. You know what I mean? As I was watching, I was just oh, like, yeah. no. <laughs> uh, 
And then you yeah. watch him hit the water, and she had to watch two of her dragons hit the water and die, right? And so now we've got yeah. we've got the second tick into Downy into Danny's downfall. And this isn't like the second instance we've seen of her possibly turning, you know, Danny Breaking Bad, right? Like she's been Breaking Bad since season one, but this is the second right. tick that that pushed her into absolute madness. Um, was watching right. Regal die right in front of her. So that happens. And then instead of flying around behind the ship, she flies away. Yep, right. Well, because what the... all the all the all the all the scorpions were facing to the front of the ships. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was strategic error. They could have capitalized on it. Didn't another thing this yeah, season? Exactly. This exactly. fucking season. Um, some lazy writing, but again, yep. you know, all in all, I think that was another plot point. I think another plot point was that Danny was going to go down to one dragon. That was a thing that was going to happen. Yep. That was the detail that I believe the writers had, right? The writers don't, again, they don't have the, they don't have the, the connections. They don't, they don't have the connecting. They just have the dots. They just have the dots. You're right. 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 And so Regal was always going to die. And then the other thing, uh, God, I can never, I can never get her name right because I always want to say Melisandre, but that's the, the red woman. Uh, it's Missandei. 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 (laughs) Drop the L and they had a different vowel. Yeah, 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 I know. I even hated that when I was reading it, but yeah. So then, and then she goes missing. Yep, goes missing off the ship, and conveniently gets picked up by Euron. And the episode essentially ends uh, with Cersei and all, and basically the the cadre from uh, from. It's basically Tyrion walks up, tries to get better terms, tries to figure something out, um, and you know nobody's having any of it. It turns out. The, the last word from Miss Sandy is Dracaris, <laughs> and then they cut her head off. Right. And this is the third tick into da- into Danny's total rage meltdown <laughs> is seeing her best friend. Yeah. So we didn't talk about Jora dying in the Long Night. So she lost her best friend for her entire life, and now she lost her other best yep. friend and like closest advisor. Um. So two of the people closest to her, plus one of her sons, essentially all dead very quickly. Right. And everybody likes her nephew more than yes. Her. There's lots of pressure on her at this point. Anybody who didn't see her snapping at this point is totally delusional and grew up watching the Disney Channel. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I have a meme for that. <laughs> uh, so that, and then we get into episode five, uh, the bells. Uh, so this is another episode. Where I think all in all, you're getting a a pretty clear cut message from me that I didn't like this season. And I don't think that's true. I think I liked it just fine. I guess I have said I like the dots, just not all the connections. I think the writing was pretty lazy in parts. But in general, uh, the plot points were fine. And I think that the resolutions would have been the same had they taken the proper time and had the proper writing. So even though I don't necessarily like how we got there, I like where we got to. Uh, and that brings us to the bells, which is another thing. I think that a, 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 a point, a, a dot in this story that George R. R. Martin gave them at you know the beginning of season five was that Daenerys was going to destroy King's Landing. That was always going to happen. It was, that was that was predetermined, and and it just I, I don't I don't know if maybe she was always going to destroy the entire city systematically. Uh, but essentially what happens in this episode is, is exactly what you would expect. Uh, Danny riding on Drogon, uh, fucking just 
ambushes all the scorpion launchers, gets behind the ramparts, and just lights them all up. Just destroys all the scorpions. You get to see what, in, in is maybe the most powerfully acted non-dialogue part, uh, Cersei realize that she's gonna die uh yeah there's like it was it was it was really good on her yeah part. yeah there's like no dialogue at all aside from her being like well we can do this well we can do that uh and then it just being like no no kyber's just like no we can't do that no no we can't do that we're, we're fucked here right um and then uh well we should say that you know after that that they essentially ring the bells of the city indicating that the city is giving up and that you know, it, you, they don't need any more needless bloodshed, right? Nothing else has right. to happen. The city is surrendering. We could probably come to terms and see Cersei publicly assassinate or publicly uh, killed or whatever, right? Except right. that's not... Which is what everybody right, wanted. Except that's not what we get because as those bells are ringing, you can see it flashes over to Daenerys. And again, just expertly acted by Amelia Clark. You can see that she's like, you know what? Fuck these people. They they were here for <laughs> Cersei. They had the opportunity to not have this happen. Cersei had the opportunity for this to not happen. So this is fucking happening. She's lost her best friends. She's lost two of her three sons, essentially, right? Her children. She is pissed, yep. raging, mad, and is the most powerful person on the planet at this point, right? There is literally right. nothing Even with stopping just her. One. And so she does the I mean, she does the equivalent of like napalming the entire city at this point, right? She just destroys yeah. it. Um and it was and it was beautifully shot. It was again, like, yeah, beautifully you, shot. This this episode and and uh, uh, and the long night, both by what, what Miguel Sap Sap Sapnichik Sapnichik. I can't think of his last name right now. Miguel, what's his name? The guy yeah. that directed like all the big battles in the series. Just amazing yep. direction. Like given the scripts were given to him, right? He just had to shoot the scripts that he was given, uh, and he he did an man, amazing did job. job, man. Just fucking out of the park. There's so many good shots of the dragon in this episode. Um, like, the ep- even though it's totally improbable, where he's, like, flying right at the scorpions low uh, mm-hmm. out in Blackwater Bay. So you have that scene where he's, like, the, where, uh, you know, Drogon's just riding in low over the bay, coming in, and, like, and that shot's just beautiful, right? It just speaks to the way that the, the, the this whole episode, and really both of his episodes were just gorgeously shot yeah i mean that's that's one thing you you have to say about it right and it, and it had that at times it reminds me of the opening of of skyrim right where where i guess this is later in the episode but once Arya's running around the city you know and and going into buildings and coming out of buildings and and scanning and picking up what's happening at each place and and you know she moves past it and uh you know you kind of lose sight of what was happening in that little corner but then you pick up the next thing and and the next thing so really forcing it from one person on the ground's perspective it, for me really made it yeah yeah it, that, that that was a really cool touch that they did and especially giving it to somebody who we really cared about right it uh it right. worked out well so again i want, I want to even, talk about even, oh go ahead oh yeah no no it's it, it's well I, I was gonna say even even as she's running around she's making mistakes right, right? Like, come with me and you'll be fine. And oh, then no. every single person dies. dies yeah, right? not, not okay. Yeah. No, no one's yet. <laughs> nothing worked out there. Burned to, the, burn no, to a crisp. No. So another part of this episode that I felt 
I, I so th- maybe you can help me here, Paul. What the fuck okay. was the point of the fight between Euron and Jamie? Um, to kill Euron. <laughs> but they killed Euron. I mean, all they had to do was show Euron melting into a skeleton during the first scene, and they kill, and they I did agree. the same job that they did with this. I, I, I. Ugh, I don't. I don't get it. Maybe just wounding right, Jamie because, for no reason. I. I don't. But that understand. doesn't. I mean, I guess that that makes him move slower, so he couldn't get Cersei out in time. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, I mean, that's that's about it. But I mean, you, we could have not had that, and that she, he still could have not gotten him out in time. So right. Yeah, I mean that that was kind of hard. But I guess I guess you know we have Euron being Euron and and being all haha. I'm the man that killed Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Because I mean that's kind of his thing is is uh, trying to kill people and do crazy shit and and you know being proud of it. Yeah, and you know you know what? we couldn't have an episode where we talked about the bells and didn't talk about this part. We just couldn't do it. We have to talk about it. Okay. The Clegane Bowl. Oh yeah. Um. So go ahead. In the well, let's talk about the lead up to the Bowl first because one of my, my I get this so I'm gonna have a, I have a favorite moment from every episode and this is my favorite moment <laughs> from this episode is is uh, the hound walking up the stairs and the mountain and the hound starting to face off and uh, again dumbass Kyburn is like you have to protect your queen been. you have to stay here. You, you can't do this. You have to do that. And then the mountain just smashing his melon against the side of the castle and then tossing him like a wet rag. Oh, my God. It was so good. Like, for a person that I've been wishing death on since I be- we basically met him in, yeah. in the series. Uh, way back when just as well. perfect. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Way, way back. Right. But, to, to, you know, I mean, because you talk about like the, the orchestration of the Battle of Blackwater and using all of the wildfire. Right. That right. goes. That's Kyburn all the way back to then. But right. the the yeah, to, to have him like die such an un, like insignificant, like insect like death was just perfect. See, it was now, the now, most <laughs> fitting thing I could have asked for. See, now the thing that stuck out most to me about that scene uh, was. When the hound and the mountain are facing off, and Cersei's just kind of sidestepping down the steps, <laughs> she's just like, "I'm gonna pass right on by, boys. You do your thing." Yeah, she's yeah. Like, that was the second best part about that scene. <laughs> That's what I like, and, and, and again, the memes have been glorious because I saw you know that series of pictures, and it was like you know when mom and dad are fighting, and you just want a snack from the fridge. Yeah, or like you know that scene with I, I can't I can't I don't even know who it is, but it's like the there's like a like lady walking on the stage like tiptoeing in heels, <laughs> the German and lady. like cu- oh, yeah, no, cut in with <laughs> that that shit like all every meme about that scene is so good, <laughs> and and then the 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 Clegane bowl on its own was not uh, unsatisfactory, right? Like it was going to be shot one way, and to have it be this like apocalyptic scene with Drogon raging and lighting everything on fire in the background and the rampart yeah. falling around them and everything being on fire. Uh, you know, their first fight being sort of in fire and, and burning Sanders mm-hmm. face and, and having it end just gloriously where you see this like undead monster. The hound realizes there's no way he's going to be able to effectively kill him. So they plunge into the raging inferno. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was just perfect. Uh, 
And and that scene when he stuck him in the eye with the knife, and he's like, "Just why won't you fucking die?" Die. <laughs> yes, it was really good. It was it was everything and more that I wanted from the Clegane Bowl. I, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe some people complained about that on the internet. If you didn't like the Clegane Bowl, the Clegane Bowl, that's on you. It was done yep. as well as it could have been done. Yep, died died uh, in fire as he always was going to. You know, it's it's again those points, and and how how they're connected but it's those points and and that was always going to be that and this one this one i think these these were yeah these were points that were connected well the clegane bowl i think was the was that we had a satisfactory resolution and they're like a little father-daughter moment that he got to have with Arya beforehand was really great too where he was yep. like don't follow me if you follow you're following me into death this is this is not the path you want right like that scene was pretty great like watching the culmination of the, their their story too was awesome yep loved it loved it uh, what else do we have after that? We have Jamie and Cersei. Uh, Jamie trying Dying. to get her out through the tunnels. Uh, who incidentally, they... Tyrion had released Jamie, knowing that uh, as soon as Danny found out, she would have him executed for treason. It was kind of his last shot. But yep. he, as as their their great last interaction, as he freed him, was basically, "Hey, I know this is going to get me killed, but I'm okay with that, knowing that you and Cersei get to go on." Yep. Yep. There was a boat ready for them, ready, ready for them to head east. Yep. Um, but yeah, that didn't work out right. They got crushed by rocks. Yep. Crushed by rocks. Uh, just didn't get out in time and, and they were gone. And I, I can see that a lot of people uh, would have wanted to have wished a more horrible, satisfying death on Cersei. But as I've been seeming to remind people that this is Game of Thrones and you do not get what you want. Yeah, not only do you not get what you want, but it's it's kind of a, a poetic end for like a complete, like a person who's known nothing but absolute power her, enti- her entire life, dying afraid and powerless. Yep, yep um, exactly. Even Knowing if it wasn't that no as, matter even, what, she's fucked. Yeah, yeah. Even if it wasn't like as satisfactory and brutal as you might wanted it, might have wanted it, because you've come to expect this show delivers brutal, gruesome deaths to you. It, it there was some emotional devastation there. So, you know, and and the other thing too uh, is and, that and it says I'll, a lot more on about the, saying at first it's, it's, it wasn't satisfactory to me. Yeah, it's it says a lot more about the people who wanted her to have a brutal, horrific death than it does about Cersei. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think for me, I was one, I was among those people until I thought about that fact that she was scared and, and hopeless. Right. And that was a feeling she had probably never known before. Right. Yep. So it was, it was actually pretty fitting. And, and there was no way again, again, dots, there was no way that she wasn't going to go out of the world with Jamie. They came yeah, into the world together. So. They were going to leave I, the world together. I mean, that was together. always the yep. implication throughout every book, throughout every season of the show. Yeah, except I thought it was going to be him killing her, and then maybe himself, like Romeo and Juliet style. Yeah, um, I was I was with you on that, but I mean, it, it made sense to me that that he would he would try to save her, and I mean, every everything he's done, it's it's interesting because you have two two Jamies throughout everything, and there's the really good Jamie uh, who tries to help people, but when it comes to Cersei, he's just willing to do anything, no matter how shitty it is. Yep. You know, and and we've all had that girlfriend or or boyfriend that makes us into an asshole. Yeah, I think that's that's also true. <laughs> so we're all Jamie certainly true level. for me. Yeah. 
All right, so we we end this we end this in a very weird shot of Arya on horseback and King's Landing in total ruin, and then we get into the the ultimate episode, yeah. uh, the Iron Throne. Yeah, so this is the... last night's episode, and the reason we've been talking for the last fifty minutes. Yep, and still have a lot to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing that I want to ask it, for for you is. On the whole, you know, before we get into the details of this episode and, and, you know, sort of, you know, how this episode ended up and everything, all these storylines wrapped up, how do you feel uh, about the way the series ended on a whole? Uh, I have I, I have one word to describe how I feel, and I guess it's kind of nebulous, but satisfied is yeah. how I describe it. Yeah. I think uh, I think you know satiated but not full, right? It's kind right. of um, there. There's a there's a few things I feel like maybe they went way too far, way too hard in promoting like side potential side project shows, right? Like uh, Arya the Explorer, <laughs> um, but it, it but everybody got a fitting end. Um, right. So let's talk about it, right? So starts off comes into King's Landing. Um, you have a pretty poignant scene of uh, John walking up on Grey Worm and being like, yo, dog, you don't need to execute these guys. It's uh, this is the end of the line. They've, you know, they've submitted and, and Grey Worm's like, hey, I'm, I'm under orders of the queen. These guys serve Cersei. They need to die. Yeah. And John tries to talk him down, can't talk him down. And it's John walking away as Grey Worm is just slicing their throats. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you really felt for those guys because they did throw down their weapons. They were, you know, they were surrendering and here they are just being unceremoniously executed in the streets of the city they were trying to defend and actually saved by surrendering. Yep. Um, and then from there we go to a really, again, another Amelia Clark phenomenally acted such scene of her giving a very rousing battle victory speech in both dothraki and valerian well before before uh, that though which, kev we had we had Tyrion going into the tunnels to find out if jamie and cersei oh escaped. oh my god that was so sad yeah again when I talk about, again like like amazingly well acted um yeah. man like i i felt the grief yeah um, yeah i mean just knowing again him knowing that he's going to be executed for this and it was all for nothing nothing yeah and, and just going and seeing uh yeah we didn't even talk about Varys getting executed either we and and like Var- Varys trying to uh, let's, let's go back just for one second to the bells because we, we forgot to mention that Varys was trying to poison uh, Daenerys at the beginning of the episode right like yeah literally but, trying to kill her by poisoning her food but she wasn't um, eating so it didn't work yep she wasn't eating so it didn't work and then they execute Varys anyway so that that out of the way so this is how we know Tyrion knew he was going to die, right? That's the that's how you know we we knew that the the act the treasonous act was only going to basically end in him getting melted by Drogon, right? Um. So yeah, so he you know goes down uh, and and basically uh, he sees Jamie's hand in the rubble and uncovers them both dead. It's very sad. Uh, yeah, that was very, that was that was very emotional for me. I was surprised. Yeah. He uh he has uh, again uh, uh, Peter Dinklage acts his ass off in that scene. It's very 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 well done. There was like no corniness at all. It was very well acted. Definitely felt the grief. Uh, so from there, um, it basically goes into um, 
the 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 scene of scenes essentially right in this episode which i think is is pretty cool uh in that like john is walking uh essentially into he's walking toward the throne room and it's this beautiful scene ash is flying everywhere uh he doesn't realize that drogon is sleeping amongst oh my god that was being essentially covered in ash yeah, and Drogon likes wake, wakes up and he's like, "Oh, I know you, bro. You're cool." And then lets him by. Right, right. Uh, you're, only you're, you're dragon he didn't blood. know you're he cool. wasn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know that John had malice in his heart and he wasn't being cool at all. Well, well, before that too, uh, you, you keep skipping the the good Tyrion parts, mm. right? Because because as as Tyrion's Daenerys up. was giving her her. All I could think of was General Hux in Force Awakens, her General Hux speech. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, you know, she tells Tyrion that she knows that he let Jamie go, and so Grey Worm takes him off, and yeah, uh, John goes to visit him in prison, and basically Tyrion's asking John for the sake of everyone, please, you have do to the kill right Danny. thing. Yeah, yep, do the right thing. Yep, and it's kind of a willy or wonty moment. Um. And he walks up and he confronts her. And it, for a second there, I actually thought it might not go the killing Danny route for some reason. I think it was just, I think, well done enough that I was like, will he or won't he? Right. Even though I had a good feeling that he would. Right. And, um, and, and, and I mean, they have this like lovers embrace and kiss. And then while they're kissing, he uh, he puts he puts metal to her stomach. Right. Just like, yeah, and stabs her right through the sternum. But he gives her the chance to do the right thing, though. Right, he does. He's, he's talking to her and finding out, you know, essentially what her plans are, and 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 talking yeah. about the 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 children. And when, and, when he and asks her what about, and, yeah, he asks her what about the people with no voice if they don't like it, and she said, well, what they think is right doesn't matter. Only what we think is right matters. Right, right. Uh, which was very much the uh, I'll bring peace the thing he didn't want to hear. My new empire. Yep. Yeah, he that was what he didn't want to hear. I think that was when I think you're right. That's the moment he decided he was going to kill her. Yeah, I think I think until he heard, you know, like like well, what about other people and well, they don't get a choice. That was that was when he was like, "All right, this Tyrion and and Varys were right. This has to be done because this yep. is just going to go on and on and on." Yep. So, yep, then and then, he killed her and that was one of the most beautifully shot things in the entire series. I mean, and we're and, and we're talking front to end this sequence, like from her dying to like Drogon flying in and like letting letting out the most like blood curdling roar is like the most dragon roar of dragon roars in yeah. all of this show. Well, and and um, he did the 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 like ultimate sad dog move, right? She's laying there dead, and he's like poking at her, nuzzling at her, being like, "Come on, mom, get up! Come on, mom, yeah, get up! Get up! Please get up!" I mean, yep. like, like even though you know she, it, it had to be done. It didn't make it any less impactful. Right. Yeah. You could tell, and you could see the dragon's grief, right? And then in his grief, he melts down the Iron Throne. Right. Which, which let I, I, I want to talk about this for a second, Kevin, because you've been in Game of Thrones forever. Was there any chance of Drogon ever flaming John in that scene? Um, so, so personally, I don't think so. Um, because I think the dragons respect the Valyrian blood 
right? The the Targaryen bloodline, I think, was there, and I don't think he would have killed John. I don't think there's any, I, and, and that's that's the whole reason that like he was able to fly Rhaegar, like, yep. uh, and why he was allowed to pass to see Danny without anyone else there. Yep. Like, the the dragon respects the Targaryen blood and was net was not going. I don't think so. No, no. Yeah. Was, okay. He was not okay. going to get Dracarys. Good because that's. I mean, that that was my thing was that he's a he's a Targaryen. They just know, and and even the first time that he went and and pet Drogon on the nose, and Danny was like, "Oh, I guess you're not getting eaten," you know? Yeah, like like that yeah, was the I whole don't... point of that, right? Right, yeah, and so and and he, he needed would... to take his anger and aggression and and frustration out on something, and the because only he other is thing there is the throne. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we mean and and like sentient like intelligence, right? Like these oh, yeah. are not dumb creatures. So, but yeah, angry, right? Like just, just angry at having to let some aggression off. So yeah, melts down the iron throne, picks up Danny and then flies East or whatever. So yep. yeah, which was, which was, I mean, that, I was glad that he picked her up when he went like, I, yeah, me too. You know, leaving her there couldn't have been, wouldn't have been right. You know, right. Um, it was a fitting end. Yeah. So that was, that was a great scene. And then, um, I guess at that point, Grey Worm and, uh, or I guess Grey Worm captures John as a traitor. <laughs> yep. Yep. And puts him in jail. And and I mean, yep. some time passes between that scene and the next scene. Yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot of time. He looks like he hasn't shaved in a month. Right. And well, that and and uh, I mean, we all know Gendry has fast travel ability, but everybody else had to walk from the north. Right. Everyone else had to get there from the north. Yep. Right. So, I mean, and we know that t- that takes at least a fortnight, right? If not longer, I can't remember if it was a fortnight or two. So it was between two weeks and a month. Right. Right. Except except for Gendry. Except for Gendry. As long as there's no enemies travel. around, he can fast travel. Yep. We knew this is established in uh, like episode six of season seven. That's right. Uh, That's <laughs> I don't know exactly. Which, which let I'm me saying. point out. Was a, let me point out when that happened. Canon- canonically I think, established. I think you and I were the only ones bitching about that at the time. <laughs> it may, maybe. I feel like that was, and it just breaks the rules because you can't fast travel while enemies are around. Like just. Well, that's why. That's why he had to run. He was. <laughs> he had to run first where he could fast travel. He, anyway, it's constantly pausing Game of Thrones, going. <laughs> Are there enemies close? Are there enemies close? Anyway, the uh, <laughs> besides fast traveling Gendry, who's now a lord, right? Every, uh, everybody else had to had to take a horse and walk. So yep, yeah, at least yep. two weeks to a so, month. But John was pretty uh, shaggy. Yep. So was Tyrion. So, yep. So they get there. Uh, Tyrion's also still a prisoner, right? Yep. And um, at this point, they have essentially what is like a council of lords, uh, where Tyrion um, comes out. And they, they're talking about what they're going to do with John. Uh, Grey Worm's obviously not happy when they say anything but execute him. Uh, even though Yara was on board. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but Tyrion's <laughs> like, look, we need to establish a new king right now. Uh, Sam funnily, uh, like, tries to say democracy is the way to go and gets laughed out of the laughed off the table essentially you know, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you one thing i got really excited when he said that because i uh, in a couple conversations i had i said i really hope 
that the way this ends is that there is no king and they just establish a democracy. So for a few seconds there, I'm going, oh, my theory was right. My theory was right. Oh, they're making fun of him now. Yep. <laughs> he tried. He did try. And then Edmund Tully tries to make a case for him to be king, which was funny. Uh, <laughs> Sit down. Because like, as I was talking to someone at someone at work today, they were like, who was that guy that stood up? And I was like, Edmund Tully, the guy with the like trouts on him. Uh, <laughs> The, the total yuts from the Red Wedding? Or Edmure? Edmund? I don't Edmure. know. Edmure, Edmure, yeah. Edmure. Yeah, Edmure Tully. Anyway, the, yeah, so that <laughs> that 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 happened. Uh, but then Tyrion talks about, you know, how a great story is what makes a great leader. And at first I was like, yeah, like, John. John has a great story. <laughs> but, like, obviously that wasn't going to happen. And then he brings up the correct story of, of Bran the Broken. Yep. Um, and I, I've seen some pretty, like, uh, stupid like uh, reasoning that people couldn't believe that Bran, even though Bran, you know, clearly manipulated this from the, from the jump of becoming the three eyed Raven, right. uh, uh, that he nominates Bran to be King because Bran's essentially that, you know, the, the person who's not going to most least likely to abuse power and has a very compelling story uh, for, for why he should be King. Uh, and the, the council agrees with it. And they also go ahead and say, like, because uh, Sansa's like, yo, dog, he can't be king. His dick doesn't work. Yeah. And then they're like, no, no, no. And, and by the way, that's not and my, my wife smartly pointed out last night. That's not actually true at all. That's a totally different part of the CNS. But that's a whole nother anatomy thing. Doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, it's very likely Bran could sire children, but that's out of the out of the uh, whatever canonically. I guess he can. Uh, but they decide that it should be a council. It's well, like we, king, all, we king also never council. established Bran's preferences, so maybe that's what we Sansa don't. Was talking we don't. About. Maybe maybe that's part of it too. Yeah. Um, anyway, they uh, they say it's going to be king by council for now on. It shouldn't be sons. And there's a funny joke about how sons and daughters of of kings end up not being great anyway. Um, so Bran gets elected leader and yep. that's the way that that's the way we resolve the game of thrones is that uh Bran gets to be king. So how how's that make you feel? Um, I'm curious after, again after that's the that's the of... dot. Yeah. That is the dot and I believe that's the dot. I believe that that is that is 100% what George R. R. Martin intended for it. Like that, that is absolutely the way it was always going to end. I have, I have no doubt that that's yeah. how it was going to go down. Um, and so, and, and so let me, and I will say this too, for people who are listening that never read the books and only have watched the show. And you're thinking that Bran is an uninteresting character. I defy you to read the books and still think that, uh, because we're not nearly as far into his character arc as we are in the show. And he is an extremely interesting character in the books. Yep. Um, but a lot of the time in the books, the things you get from his perspective are warging. Uh, so they can't yeah. really film that effectively. Um, yeah. Which Arya has you know, a bit he, of too, and we never address that. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, I think it was, I think that is the ending. I think that that is the person who ends up is always supposed to be the person who ended up on the throne. And I, I'm fine. I'm, I, I'm happy with it actually, to be honest. I think that's a, it's very, it was, I was very pleased and, uh, satisfied with that, con that particular conclusion. 
Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm on board with it. I really am. I I like I like the logic that they gave for it and uh also the bit of humor when he's like, you know, they're like, "What do you you know, he's Tyrion's like, "What do you say, Bran?" and he's like, "I wouldn't have come all this way if you weren't going to ask me." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, so then moving on from there, because there was still a good hunk of the episode left. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Because um, um, so he, then, and, and then we get we to see... plot hole. We get to plot hole number one. Well, not plot hole number one. There's probably a lot of plot holes that I have forgotten to address. But uh, you know who wasn't in that vote in that council? Who we see in like the next scene? Who should have been on that council that was voting? Who? Bron. Yep. You're right. Bron. He would have had a vote. Why wasn't he there? Well, A, because they wanted to first bring him back and show him as the master of coin, right? Which so is in, in, his freaking plot, hilarious. His, amazing. It was, yeah, but his plot armor protected him from being <laughs> having a vote, I guess. Even well, though maybe, 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 that's, maybe that's where Davos been. was giving his vote. Maybe he was giving his vote for Bronn because he said, I don't know if I get a vote. Yeah, that, that could be, I guess. I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, so then we... So we get to see the new small council. It's pretty funny watching Tyrion like arrange the chairs before people get there. That was one of that was one of my favorite things, and and not even just him, you know him making the chairs right, but when he sat down in the chair and you could see him rearranging himself, being like, "Does this yep. look better? Does this look more like handly?" I thought that was <laughs> yeah. great. <laughs> yep. You know, nice little yeah, touch. That was good. Um, uh, I didn't love that Tyrion wasn't in the Song of Ice and Fire book that uh, our new Grand Meister brought in, and so, yes, Grand Meister Tarly. So let me let me let me argue a, a point on that with you, Kev. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the hand is known and seen, he's not doing his job well. And let's face it, Tyrion's Shh. one of the best hands in the history of Westeros. Yeah, but there's but but like how do they if you're if you're if you're accounting the this whole saga from the the War of the Five Kings, Tywin dies at some point, and like how do you account for Tywin dying without saying who murdered him? Like they don't know who murdered him. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, I agree. I don't know. I don't I'm know. You, but I, that, was, it's, that was it's it's. it's it was a joke made uh, for joke's sake, and it, it just didn't work for me continuity-wise. Um, That's fine. See, I, I thought it was I took, cute that I, they named and, and I, I took it as as he's so he's so good at being the hand that you don't really know they who don't the name him. master is. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? We should let's okay. Let's let's finish talking about this scene because it's kind of funny, right? It ends with them making jobs about what's more important, docks or a whorehouse. Right. Uh, and you know what side of the you know what side of that argument bronze on, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Yep. Yep. But let me. Um, I, I think we need to we need to spend a moment on here because I think the scene is far more important than people think it is. Like, yeah, it's just it's one of those things that you, you know, could be kind of tacked on just to kind of make you laugh about the. I one no, time wait, I brought dude. a donkey and a and a honeycomb into a brothel. It was um, the first meeting of uh, King Bran's small council, man. Right, I know, and he and like like many kings before him, he goes off and does his thing, uh, trying yep. to find Drogon, but. One of the, one of the things that that I went back and and dug up and and this scene is becomes super important when you when you look at this. But that's George R. R. Martin's thoughts on Tolkien, right? He gave he gave an interview and and uh, talking about Tolkien. And I want to read this quote because I think it's really important. And he says, "Ruling is hard, 
This was maybe my answer to Tolkien, whom, as much as I admire him, I do quibble with. Lord of the Rings had a very medieval philosophy that if the king was a good man, the land would prosper. We look at real history, and it's not that simple. Tolkien didn't say that Aragorn became king and reigned for a hundred years, but he and, and he was wise and good. But Tolkien doesn't ask the question: What was Aragorn's tax policy? Did he maintain a standing army? What did he do in times of flood and famine? And what about all these orcs? By the end of the war, Sauron is gone, but all the orcs aren't gone. They're in the mountains. Did Aragorn Aragorn pursue a policy of systematic genocide and kill them, even the little baby orcs in their little orc cradles? And that's what we're seeing is his answer to Tolkien is that, yeah, you can have a new king, but all these day-to-day things still happen. Still have to happen. And that's what Game of Thrones has always been is showing that no matter what happens, life goes on. Yep. So to me, that scene is so important for that reason. Yep. Yeah. Uh, And there was one scene before this too that I want to talk about. I sort of hinted at it. Um, before when we were talking about Brienne being knighted and it happens before this scene because Brienne's on the small council right as the head right. of the Kingsguard um, but there's the scene of her going in to the book of the Kingsguardsmen and finishing Jamie's chapter yeah um, and that was like a really touching scene right like it was really amazing to like watch her write and end with the line like he died protecting his queen um, yeah I thought that was really poignant and that, and that and if I had a favorite moment of every episode and that was my favorite moment of this episode um, was Brienne finishing his entry. Honestly, though, I, the thing I realized when I was watching that was that my two favorite moments from this season and probably all of Game of Thrones were Brienne related. Oh, yeah, for sure. hundred um, percent. And also, I thought that was a really good uh, it was a, a really nice callback to people who've been reading the books the whole time because that book is given a lot of play in the books like i think they yeah. talked about it one other time in the show but it's very important in the books like you know about the the the, the stories about all of the kingsguard um yep because yep. they they talk about the kingsguard and the lore of the kingsguard and you hear about the entries and how you know there's and there's even jamie talking about how he hates his page because yeah. all it basically ends at him uh it's basically like him becoming the kingslayer and that's all that's been written yep yep which was um, which so was pretty much all that, that was in the book Yes, and it was all that was in the book when Brienne opened it. Yep. Yeah. So, and, and that was really great that they hinted they they basically like called back to that. And then again, that last line, right? Like the context is that he died protecting his queen because for history, mm-hmm. that's what's going to matter, right? Like right. seventy five, hundred years from then, when the like scars of Cersei's reign are gone, they will look back at Jaime as a man who murdered a tyrant and then died valiantly. Um, And I think that she thought that he deserved that story. Um, And I thought that was really great. Yeah, I yeah, you're right. That was that was amazing. All right. We got to get on to the Stark kids now. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, Oh, yeah. Also, I want to say it was awesome that Tripod Rick got to be on the Kingsguard, too. I thought that was amazing. (laughs) Yes, that's true. When when she calls him over Sir Sir Podrick and he wheels off off Bran the Broken. Yep, and he's got the he's got the Kingsguard armor on. Yeah. Yep. That was awesome. Super cool. Yep. Very cool. All right. Start kids. Yeah. Um so and here now they, they interlace shots, right? You get to see because the well what we didn't talk about was the sentence for John was having to go uh to, to the service on, on the wall. 
Oh, I laughed so hard right when they told them that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're going back to where you started, back back to the wall. Right. And the other thing um, we didn't talk about was Sansa rejected uh, Bran as king and said the oh, North will stay its own kingdom. The North will stay its own kingdom. Yeah, which was like, why didn't Yara do that too? But whatever. Um, the Because, uh, you know, the Ironborn have never wanted to be part of the Seven Kingdoms. It was always sort of under duress that they were in there anyway. Um, but the... Uh, the yep she rejects it and then they get they get into the supercut right in the supercut with the three the three star kids so it's uh john getting to the wall uh sansa basically being declared queen of the north and then uh aria going off you know being aria being her adventurous self and sailing west of westeros westeros and what i'm what i'm now dubbing Arya's adventures in America. Yeah. Since, you know, the, <laughs> yep. She's sailing west. Um, that's going to be the spinoff series. Is uh, they're going to give Maisie Williams her own show as she sails off in her Stark ship. <laughs> I mean, it was it was beautifully shot. Um, I I loved that connection, and I liked that when John got to winter or to to the Wall, uh, Tormund was waiting for him, and he got to pet Ghost. Right earless ghost he made up for it he made up for leaving ghost without a pat by coming back and the first thing he did was give him a pat i was like all right yep all right john yep i don't hate you anymore you love your doggy and then and then uh you see john heading north with wildlings so the big question for me is is he going to live with them or is he just ranging north of the wall well, you got to think there's like a whole area where like the children of the forest lived and they haven't been there in a long time because it was too dangerous to go because that's where the Night King was. So right. my opinion is they were ranging. They were going to range further north than they had better sense to do while the army of the dead was a thing. Um, so that my opinion was like, since they're the watchers on the wall and the protectors, they have to know if there are still threats north of the wall. So that, that was my, and I didn't actually come to that realization until today. Like as I was watching, I was really confused. Like, what are they actually doing? And the more I thought about it today, it was like, Oh, of course they need to survey. They need to leave the wall and survey as far north as they can for threats and reestablish, you know, the, the, the wildlings colonies and whatever, you know, whatever life that they had there, they had to help them get back to it. Um, And then they had to, you know, keep pressing north to find out you know if the threat was truly gone see in in my head canon he's going off to live with the wildlings he's going to go hang out with Tormund um for what may be a life of peace um and and to me it was it's kind of like the the slight fu to to gray worm is that yeah we're gonna let him go be part of the night's watch but he's gonna get to go live out his life actually uh, north of the wall and, and, you know, enjoy that's life. A cool, that's a cool take too. Uh, I, I, I just think he's more duty bound and would have, uh, would have wanted to go as far north as he could to see it. But it's kind of nice that they leave it unresolved. So you get your cannon and I get mine. Yep. Yep. Until we get, until we get the sequel of a, a 90s sitcom of John living in a wildling town, <laughs> the, anno- the annoying wildling teenage neighbor keeps coming over and once one set and a laugh track. <laughs> oh yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Wildling Urkel is all I can imagine now. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Super Northern exposure. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then and then yeah, Queen of the North, right? That's the other one, right. and that's kind of uh, that's kind of the end of the episode, and and you kind of get that. And yeah, and then you get your kind of like Lord of the Rings ending, right? Where they go through and they give each person's kind of like little thing that they get to do. Yep. Um, but yeah, and that's the end. And so my overall interpretation is, you know, like like you said, satisfied. Maybe not, uh, not uh, like, I, I think that I would have preferred the dots the way that George would connect them. Well, of, of course. Then than the way D&D connected them. I uh, I would I would say, and I still hold the opinion that the show that the writing this season was incredibly lazy. Yep. Um, and some parts uh, there was a lot, there was way too much plot armor because they were like rushing toward this conclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while while positive, I do have some some actual critic. I have some, I think legit criticisms of the season. Um, but all in all, as a like cultural sort of touchstone and an icon at this point, and, and not having. Uh, any hope that George R. R. Martin is actually going to finish the books. Um, I'm happy knowing that like this is, even if the dots are different, that the, the beats are the same mm-hmm. and that although I think that George R. R. Martin will write them better or would write them better, that n- knowing the ending is I'm happy with like knowing Bran on the throne that I'm cool with knowing that each of the start kids kind of got a thing that they wanted, even if we, you know, it wasn't necessarily the way we expected uh, also cool, and also knowing that the song of ice and fire, the thing that the show is all about, right? And, and we we all had predictions from the very beginning of the show, and it turns out the song of ice and fire, ice is the night king, and Daenerys uh, was the fire. And what it was, what was in reference to, and you know, we we always thought it was like a love story, right? Like it was going to be like John and Danny. Mm-hmm. But what it turns out is that they were just the distractions and the real danger. Ice and fire were the real dangers to Westeros. The Night King and Daenerys <gasps> were the dangers. And we saw that song resolved by both of them, both of those threats being eliminated. And and uh, that's that, right? This, that, that was the end of the song. Yep. Yep. It was it was it was very satisfying. Um, I'm 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 OK uh, with how the dots were connected. Yes, there was some lazy writing yes they took shortcuts but there's something to that that you know george tends to wander his way through things anyway um for better or for worse and and that may be why we don't have books because he's busy wandering and doesn't know how to get out of the wilderness yeah i think Um, that's that's correct so so to have those 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 dots and yeah, they were a little more direct in connecting them and didn't didn't do all the the side quests that the the NPCs were trying to give them, but they did hurry up and get the main quest done. Yep. So um, uh, and if and if George never and if George never finishes the books, I'm content. Same. So that's 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 where I I mean uh, yeah. So basic rundown, obvious criticisms, not as bad as the. Torch and uh, uh, pickaxe wielding villagers internet of the internet folks. would let you believe. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think. I th- I think that there are some legit concerns out there on the internet, but I think uh, I think it's it's a little overblown. And I think at the end of the day, it wasn't like that they drove the show into the dirt. Um, right. It it ended. I think that, that we got this, the plot points that we were gonna get no matter what. Um, and it just, you know, again, the, 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 the writing was a little fast and a little lazy, but 
Um, yep. Where we got where we got to was where we were going to get, and I'm not I'm not unhappy with it. I did enjoy the one Done. the one post that I saw from somebody uh, after the bell saying that they ruined a perfect, caring, and loving character of Daenerys. Um, oh, that's bullshit! Because man. I mean, like, obviously, that person was either trolling or not watching the show. Because never a caring and loving person does not crucify 163 people. I mean, they didn't. I mean, Tyrion point for point went over this argument that like we want like when she was killing slavers we were fine with it because they were morally repugnant right right? but the things that she were doing was no less brutal like right the brutality was on the uh, the, the the thing and this is the brilliance of george R. R. martin's writing is that he allowed us to think that she was this kind and generous ruler because she was never given a hard moral decision the first time that she had to make a hard moral decision was when she was on the back of Drogon and she was and she had the choice to burn the city down or not and she made the choice the same way she always has had which is with violence she was acting with the most consistency of any character in the show and if you didn't see that honestly you weren't paying attention yep exactly and that's and that's what I've been saying since that episode is that if you did not see that happening you were not paying attention and, yeah, and, no, and that, what 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 I like, and and you're right. This is the amazing part of what George R. R. Martin has done, is that he forces you to look at the same type of thing from different perspectives. Perspectives, right? Yeah, we we watched her do the same thing to two different sets of people for essentially the same reason. Correct. Um, but the difference was is that we didn't like it when she did it to people we cared about. Uh, and and it, and if exactly. you couldn't see and that, that, and that's saying more if, about if you, if, us, us than right. And I think if you couldn't see that, then you need to do some real serious internal compass watching, uh, right? Because that's and, exactly and that's what it. happened. Is, and if you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I had I had nothing. I was about to be done. <laughs> okay, I, I, all I was going to say is that it's it it forces you to be introspective of how you're interpreting things and the people that hate it so much aren't able to see that in my opinion they're not seeing it they want it to be black and white they want it to be danny killing the bad people not that she was was able to do this leader a brutal leader through and through and the only the only reason why it wasn't like that before is because she did listen to Sir Baramy Selmy, and she did listen to Tyrion. And as soon as she started mistrusting Tyrion, that was it. Yeah. So yep. I mean, it's just yeah. it's it, it it's it's you have to be an active participant in Game of Thrones, or actually, a Song of Ice and Fire. You have to be. You can't just sit back and watch. It's not the fucking Looney Tunes, right? right? You you yep. have to be involved in reading slash watching this. Right. Yeah. She. Uh, I. You know. And and my wife will tell you. I had. I took some umbrage with her burning the whole city. I was like, she didn't have to burn the city. She only had to burn the ten thousand innocent people that were locked inside the Red Keep, and that would have been villainous enough. Right. Um, but I. It. You know. It, you come around on thinking and with introspective introspection and time to think. Like it. It. it 
she was always that person. She was always the rage-filled person that was always going to make those decisions if unchained, and she sh- had shown it. Like she, sh- and they even told us about it this season. Like that was the whole reason they had that scene with her and Sam, and yep. and mentioning, oh nope, I burned your dad. Oh, oh, oh no, I actually burned your dad too. Like it was yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing was showing that right. Yeah. That she had no mercy. There's no mercy in her. Um, and of course she wasn't going to have mercy on the people of King's Landing. There's, there's a little bit of misdirect on that too, right? Because when you're watching that scene with Danny and Sam, you, you, you think on the surface that it's actually character development of Sam in that these are people that mistreated him his entire life and he's still feeling sad for them. Right. right. So it's like showing how good of a person Sam is. But if you're if you're doing a little thinking while you're watching and uh, probably not even a whole lot, because it was pretty ham fisted at times of. Yeah. yeah. Of, hey, um, look, this this chick's not all good, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and asking and going back to him and asking John, would you have done it? And planting that seed in John's mind exactly, that this right. isn't OK. Yeah. Yep. So. I guess that's Game of Thrones in an hour and a half nutshell. There it is. Season 8. It season was, 8. Season 8. It, verdict. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It had its it had its, it had its weak spots, but overall, I, I'm not going to complain much. No, me either. I think there's I've, a lot I've, more... I think there's a lot more to complain about in the first episode of the season there than there was in anything later. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And if and if and if you're listening and you completely disagree with us, you better be glad we didn't do this for the last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, right. And again, I think there was some weak writing, a lot of plot holes, and a lot of things. And I've talked about the things I didn't like. Right? Like I've talked about all of the like stupid shit that happened that right. would not have happened in stupid shit ways. Um, right. But again, with the benefit of hindsight and seeing how it all clicks together, I think we got all of the dots we were gonna get. We just got them with some weak connections right. that, you know, that potentially George R. R. Martin would have done better. Anyway, that's the last time I'm going to say that I've said it nine times. Um, yep. so my final thoughts on game of Thrones season eight, it was fine. <laughs> uh, for me, final thoughts. I, I, I really enjoyed the last episode. Yeah. There were some quirky things, but I thought overall it was beautiful. Probably one of the better series finales of any shows, uh, it's it's kind of hard to top uh, uh, what call it. Oh, what was that show called? Fuck. Lost. No, <laughs> no. I although like I didn't Lost. hate that one as much as other people either. Um, yeah. The fucking HBO show with the funeral home people. Uh, Six feet under. Yes, that was that's my all time favorite season finale or series finale. Yeah, well, I mean, there are shows that stick the landing, right? And that that was one that totally stuck the landing too. So yeah. Yeah, so that that's kind of my bar for for comparison, and it doesn't quite reach that, but it it definitely uh, wasn't unimpressive. So yeah, it's fine. <laughs> See, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. So. Maybe, maybe a show, maybe a show as thoroughly excellent as the first five seasons deserved better than it was fine, but it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. I'm content. I'm satisfied. All right. All right. Yep. So. Here, here we go, Paul. We finished. The our entire listening body is gonna think we're schmucks. Yeah, that's that's right. They're gonna be like, I'm not listening to these guys anymore. They liked Game of Thrones season eight. <laughs> the hell is wrong with that? And one of them even implied they liked the Last Jedi. 
I think we I think we made some compelling points. I think uh, so too. for why why we liked it. Uh, Hopefully, we got some people back from the ledge. Oh, and this this is going in. By the way, guys, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Static in the City as a city. Thanks, patrons. Uh, this isn't a regular episode, so uh, that's that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, so that's that's the quick roundup. All right. Um, thanks, everybody. Knock it off. <laughs> There's your stinger. <laughs> very well acted. Park, park, park. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a so, short dog, so he's very big on on Peter Dinklage. <laughs> like, oh, now my dogs turned to bark. <laughs> Except my dogs are much louder than your dogs. Hold on. <laughs> he means it. Wishbone, calm down. Calm down, my dude. Hey, buddy. All right, buddy. Okay. Anyway, and we're back. Uh, I'm drinking a peach fresca.